0: and welcome to Victims of Fashion, a Snag podcast where we celebrate positivity and inclusivity all while giving the fashion industry the middle finger. My name is Polly Jean Harrison, I am your host and I'm on the content team here at Snag and today I am joined by the absolutely wonderful Sophie. Sophie, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Hiya. So how are you? What's the weather like where you are right now? It's really nice here actually, it's sunny at the minute, it's rain in one minute and then sunny the next but I'm happy to see the sunshine. Amazing well thank you so much
0: for joining me on the podcast today I'm so excited to have you here why don't we start off by you giving
1: us a bit of an introduction as to who you are. Yeah well I'm Sophie um, also known as Fashion Belle on social media and I basically talk about fashion, talk about disability within uh, my social media content and yeah I suppose you Call me an influencer. I don't really like that word particularly, but a content creator. Um, and yeah, I'm just an advocate really for disability and spreading the the word that we're pretty awesome. Well, you are
0: absolutely awesome. I definitely think so. Uh, but I mean, this is a little bit of like a fangirl moment for me because I've been following you for a really long time and I just love your Instagram account. I think it's just a wonderful little space. You're always so positive all the time and you're so colourful. When did you kind of decide that you wanted to start using Instagram sort of to document your life in this way?
1: Um, It was a few years ago, really. It was definitely started more in the fashion way because I was just so fed up of growing up and not seeing anybody who looked like me in, in normal media. And it was just... Instagram kind of came about and I was like this is actually a really good opportunity to show people that I could be in a wheelchair and I could still be fashionable um so it kind of went from there really and then I had my daughter um and then a lot of people then started getting really in like interested in the disability side of things um and then it kind of went from there really and I just found it really interesting to share my life and how people didn't really understand kind of what we go through on a daily basis and um, yeah and that it was a really unique story that I could tell. Definitely and as someone
0: without a disability it is always really uh, interesting to see I mean interesting probably isn't the right word but to see you know how people who have disabilities just kind of go about their lives and live their lives because it's something that I would never necessarily have thought about or considered because I don't have a disability myself because I know you do a lot of videos about you know how you get in and out of a swimming pool how you go to the toilet how you go get in and out of bed and and that sort of thing and I think you know that's just something that you really don't think about unless you're there having to do it but I guess that must be really quite challenging to navigate sometimes.
1: Yeah I think it's it's good to show because obviously like you say if you don't have a disability you don't you don't get it and it's we want allies we want people to understand where we're coming from and the the difficulties we face just on a daily basis so the more I I feel personally that I can educate people and show them my daily life it just makes them more aware and just hopefully be an ally for the for the disability community. Yeah and it's just so
0: important but I mean how do you find Instagram? How do you find the community on there? You know your little space of the internet that you've carved out what's it like?
1: Yeah it's lovely actually there you feel quite lonely sometimes because a lot of my friends are able-bodied and um, don't have any disabilities and so it's nice to kind of have those people that get you and get how you're feeling at that particular time Um, and everyone's so supportive as well so yeah it's really lovely. Did you ever think you'd become a content creator, you know, an Instagram influencer? Was that ever on your your life plan, your cards? No, not really. I mean, I always, like, loved sharing things and sharing my fashion and photos and stuff. And then, yeah, it just grew and grew and grew, which was amazing, really. Um, and it's lovely as well, like, being a mum. Like I said, that I've got, I can work around that and we, I can have time at home and I'm not restricted to going to an office nine to five and especially having disability as well and going to the toilet and just simple things like that. It's nice just to be at home and have access and it's, just makes life a lot easier.
0: Amazing. And I always really love your content about your style and your fashion as well. Cause I think you have possibly one of the nicest wardrobes ever. There are so many things you wear that I'm like, God, I want that so much. Have you, you know, have you always had such a really bright, colorful style or is that something that's developed over time?
1: Yeah, I always have. Um, I always tell the story of how my bedroom when I was a child was always bright and colourful because it was bright clowns. Everything was wildly coloured. Um, I've never been into anything beige or anything like that. Um, and I, it reflects my in my fashion because I think it shows my personality. And I think it shows that because I'm in a wheelchair, I'm not going to hide away. I'm not going to wear black. I'm not going to disappear into the background. People are probably going to stare anyway, so I might as well make it worth their while and wear something really colourful and wild. So, why not?
0: So, that is so interesting that you say that because that is really kind of how I treat my style as well. Obviously, I'm not disabled, so it's very different in that aspect. But being a fat person, I kind of have this mindset that of, well, if people are going to stare at me for being fat, then I may as well wear whatever I want. And I may as well wear the colorful clothes and, and look however I want to, because they're going to look anyway. So why not give them something to look at?
1: And I think it makes you happy, doesn't it, as well? It just gives you that like boost in the morning just to put on that bright color and yeah. No, exactly. And I always tend to dress
0: for my mood anyway, but I'm like you. I just, I love the colors. I love the bright colors. It's, it's how I just want to live my life. If I wear like a black dress, I tend to like shrink into myself like I just don't like it at all and if I if I do wear black I have to like weird it up a little bit like put some really bright tights on or like do my hair on my makeup a bit kooky just to sort of balance out a little bit. <laughs> do you find yourself kind of dressing to match your mood as well?
1: Yeah definitely I think if I'm having a down day I always try to wear something colourful because I know it will help me feel better um, and like you like if I just put on black i I feel weird it does just doesn't feel like me so it doesn't and all my family would be like what what are you wearing like that it's just so weird they wouldn't expect it
0: it's so weird how much color affects things in that way right like it's it's crazy how much just a little bit of color can affect your mood because like when I am wearing black or something maybe a bit more serious I feel like I just want to claw it off I just want to get it off my body because of how it makes me feel it's such a strange thing Uh, but what
1: what's your favorite thing you've got in your wardrobe right now Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think my sort of most special piece is my Olivia Rubin dress. Um, and it's one of those pieces I know that I'll just have forever and it will just adapt to me because it's nice and stretchy as well. It's got really good elasticated like middle. So I know that no matter what, it was kind of always fit me. So um, yeah, and it's so colourful and bright. I just love it.
0: Oh, it sounds absolutely stunning. Um, but that does kind of tie into what else I want to talk about today, which is sort of fashion... When it comes to your disability, because I guess you're probably going to have to think a lot more about the clothes that you wear uh, in terms of how they work with your disability, like how they move with you, how they sort of work with your sitting in your wheelchair. How much does that factor in when you're trying to buy clothes? Yeah,
1: quite a lot, actually. Um, I mean, I've obviously been so interested in fashion for a long time that I've kind of got it down now that I know what works and what doesn't. Um, I'm always there like looking on the fabrics and what because stretchy things are the best kind of thing for me and so much more comfortable and things like jeans are just ruled out instantly because the buttons and the zips and everything just it's just adds so much more faff to a day so I um yeah I tend to stretch just keep with stretchy things and leggings and yeah it's always just part of when I'm looking online or wherever I'm shopping in shops it's good just to be able to see yeah and i never pick things that are really fitted because i just know that me sitting down it's just not going to work um and yeah i've just trained myself over the years to to kind of pick the right styles for me does that ever get frustrating then if you see something you like
0: really like and you'd love to wear but you just know it's not going to work for you on your disability at all
1: yeah and it's really frustrating if you see like brands sometimes they do like the same pattern or the same colors but in different styles And then it's always the one I want. They never do it in the style that I want it to be. And it's really frustrating. It's something like straight down a shirt dress or something. I think that's not going to work. And it's just like, oh, I wish I could design my own. That would be the the dream.
0: Well, that would be amazing. And I hope you do eventually bring out your own line of uh, disability friendly clothes. Because that would be fantastic. But does it ever frustrate you then sort of the lack of thought that fashion... Brands put into their clothes when it comes to sort of the disability front. Because I mean, you know, you'd have to go through shops and trawl through everything and even online shopping as well, though. Like, very rarely do you see people sat down in product pictures or even people with disabilities themselves in the product pictures. I know
1: we see a little bit more of it today, but not so much. Does that ever bother you? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the time, like you say, they never have people sitting down. So, although it might look lovely on someone standing up, then you get it home and you think, well, that looks awful, like there's too much fabric around the middle or things like that that just wouldn't work for me. Um but yeah, I think I just have to go round and pick the bits that I know will work, but you can't ever really follow a trend or things like that because it's just not going to happen. It's that a lot of the things aren't suitable or whatever. But it's good to kind of to stay away from that anyway, because then you can you know the pieces you're gonna pick, you're gonna love forever kind of thing and they're gonna last for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Though though, I do think following the trends sometimes
0: isn't always what you want, because I know some of them are just absolutely wacky.
1: Definitely not this Y2K trend. I'm, I'm way past that now.
0: <laughs> oh, don't. I see that all the time. And I just think, no, please, no, not low-waisted jeans again. I can't do it. I don't need anything cropped. I don't know. <laughs> just fingers crossed that it's all going to pass. Um, but does online shopping make things any easier at all or do you just prefer going into store and shopping there
1: um I definitely prefer shopping online just purely for the fact that I can get it delivered I can try it on in kind of my own time and I get often quite tired and have to need my carers around kind of to help me get dressed and stuff so it just makes it easier to be at home and a lot of the time if you're going shopping in person the changing rooms aren't big enough or suitable or they shove all the boxes in there or whatever else because they don't think anyone needs them so yeah often it's just easier just to order them and and try them on in my own time at home
0: Mm, but I guess that must kind of be frustrating that you don't get to have sort of the same experience of going into a shop I mean I know you've been disabled for a long time and so you're just used to it and that's your life but it still must
1: suck it's one of those things (laughs) That's the things. it's like, it's just another thing for me that I just accept because it's we've had to put up with it for so long. But um, yeah, especially like newly disabled people are just like, oh, I didn't realise like how difficult this can be. And you think, oh, just, you just put up with it. And I mean, you shouldn't really, but you do. No, and it's really horrible that you have to, that you have to put up with it. Like it's just another thing
0: to add on to some of the, you know, the, the challenging things that you have to deal with it's just unfair really and and it's not fair on on anyone who has a disability i mean and i know i know exactly what your answer is going to be but i'm going to ask it you anyway do you think that more needs to be done in order to help with accessibility both i guess both in the shopping experience in the shops itself but also just generally across the industry like in fashion do we need to be more accessible to everyone
1: yeah definitely i mean there are some progressions kind of moving forward with fashion um And brands are kind of starting to take it. I know there's been this new Skims campaign that have done um, adapted like underwear and things. And like that's so great that that's starting to happen. But it's just so slow. And how advanced we are in everything else, technology and all these other things that we can move on so quickly and change things. But disability in fashion just seems to be like just not a focus at all for any any brands. Um, And we're such a huge part of the population and we spend so much money. It just seems crazy to me that they just don't seem to care and they don't represent us kind of in the media. And yeah, it just definitely needs more to be done for sure. And what about representation in the media itself? Do you feel like you see yourself enough? No, (laughs) no. And that's why really I started my Instagram because I was just sick of it. I mean, like as you were as a teenager growing up and you I read, read all these magazines and you see all these other girls in there and you just think, oh, I'd, I'd love to see someone that looks like me. Um, and it's still not really there even all these years later. And I think that's why social media is so powerful, because there are so many of us in the community on there and we are all different ages and all different sizes. And it's it really has that representation that all media needs. Um and we're all there. Everybody's there that are ready to do it for them. But it's it's the brands and things that have got to, got to get it moving, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is one of the nicest things,
0: if not the nicest thing completely, about social media, that, you know, there are people there. You can go on Instagram and you can find people that look like you. Whatever whatever you happen to look like, you can find people that look like you. And they're all there and they're ready for you to sort of look up to or take inspiration from or just kind of look at and think oh there's someone that looks like me it's not it's not just me i'm not just on my own and that is really just wonderful and that genuinely is one of the wonderful things about instagram and social media but i guess along with that does come negativity and the negativity around social media it's something that you can't really get away from because like, it it comes in a lot of different forms and a lot of different ways. And I know that is something that you have to deal with a
1: lot with like trolling and just people
0: generally being horrible.
1: Yeah, I mean, I literally, it's ironic, I put a post up today that um, names that had been called on two videos that I'd done and and they're just awful. Like they're just, I won't I wouldn't say anything that they said, but it's just so ableist and so horrible, the comments they make. And you just think, in this day and age, you think we'd be moving so much more in a positive way and of accepting everybody. But obviously, some people are just not very nice people. And It's genuinely absolutely awful. And I think some of the, the content you've posted
0: about it just has absolutely shocked me that people could even think things like that, never mind comment them on someone's posts. You know, it's, it's absolutely disgusting, really. And you think who... Who has the time? Who has the time to sit there and spew negativity all over someone else's Instagram feed? Like, why? Why would you do that? There's absolutely no reason for it at all.
1: I just don't understand You would literally sit behind their computer and think, I'm I'm going to put that. No, it's just it baffles me. But I suppose some people are just like that. But. We rise above it and we carry on doing all the good stuff and that's the main thing. No, and it,
0: it's awful that you have to deal with that and you have to sort of just carry on and act like it doesn't happen. And I'm glad that you call it out when you do because I think that's important. But generally, I think you're what you're doing to help with the advocacy of you know people with disabilities is just really important and and that's coming from someone sort of you know looking at it from my perspective it just feels like such an important thing to be doing it's such a noble thing to be doing does it does that feel important to you when you're doing it does it feel like quite a big thing
1: yeah definitely I mean I I have so many lovely messages this is why it's such so nice because people say oh you've encouraged me to go out in my wheelchair I was so embarrassed of being in a wheelchair now and you've encouraged me to go out or you've encouraged me to dress colorfully and I never would have like put myself out there and yeah it just it feels so nice because you just think I would never want anyone to feel like that so it's nice to think that I've had a part in them like growing their confidence and going out and doing it and yeah that's such a lovely positive part of it.
0: Yeah, and I'm so glad that that happens for you. And I'm so glad that people message you that because what a lovely message must that be to receive. And I guess guess you just have to take Instagram with a pinch of salt, right? Like you have to overlook all the terrible, terrible things to get to do the positives. I mean, you shouldn't have to, like, just to point that out, you shouldn't have to overlook all the absolute awful stuff that can happen on Instagram and social media, you know, in, in a whole host of different ways. But when you do, you know there's some good coming out of it and there there can be some positivity coming out of it for sure
1: yeah I've got some good followers I've got a good nice lovely community you know every time
0: I click on one of your posts I always notice just how lovely everyone is and how positive your little community is so that's always really nice and also I guess you must be really hot on that black button which is amazing
1: oh yeah oh always <laughs> straight away I'm like nope I don't need that negative energy in this space. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. I love that for you. People don't use the block button enough. Like genuinely, if someone's being weird or a creep or you just don't like them, block them, you know, that's it. Um, but I guess then, you know, if, right. So if you ran everything, you're in charge, right? You're queen of the world. You are completely in charge of everything. How would you fix things? Obviously I know that's a really big question and, you know it, it there's a lot of things that you could do but like just generally speaking you're in charge you call the shots how are you fixing things
1: um i think for starters you've got to just speak to people you've got to find out what they want what they need um i know it's going to be difficult because obviously money is a major factor i know that you can't cater for every single person there's so many different disabilities and everybody's so unique but i think there's a lot of things they could do that's so simple just Like altering like hemlines or adding poppers instead of zips and just small little changes that they could do to start with just to try and just be more inclusive within within their fashion um and then featuring more disabled people it's so simple all you need to do is feature them in your adverts feature them in on your website sitting down in a wheelchair showing different people um Sizes, everything just needs to be more inclusive um and it 's just it's really not that hard. it doesn't seem that hard to me anyway <laughs> no, i'm totally with you. How hard can it be? you know, and I know that's
0: something that at snag that we always yeah. really try and focus on when we 're sort of designing clothes and developing different products is to really kind of focus on the fit, but speaking as a consumer myself, you know how hard can it be just to make clothes in my size it, it can't possibly be as hard as people are making it out to be surely and that's obviously a, a huge generalization but you know just just give me the clothes
1: i know because a couple of my friends actually have, have modelled for you guys and it's it's so lovely to see that representation and have a brand that actually shows different people because we're all there we're all shopping we all want to be see ourselves represented so it's just so important
0: No, and a lot of the time it does just feel like the fashion industry being the fashion industry, you know, as it always is, it's like they just can't leave you alone for one second and they just have to victimize you in some way, shape or form. And that's obviously, you know, why we call this podcast Victims of Fashion. The fact that, you know, it just the fashion industry just feels like it exists, make you feel bad about things that you have absolutely no control over. You can't control things. You can't help, you know, how you look, what your size are, if you've got a disability. It's nothing to do with with you. And yet they're still there to try and just really tear you down constantly.
1: No, you don't look a certain way. It's kind of like you're not welcome here, really. So and you just think, oh, that's not how it should be. It's so, so annoying. And, you know, it comes back to, like, the money thing as well, like, people have money i have money to buy clothes you have
0: money to buy clothes we we have the money to buy the clothes that we want and yet the clothes aren't there think of how much money these companies would make if they just took a minute to be accessible to everyone
1: yeah and you know there's more that can be done definitely what's even size inclusivity and things like that it's not even like no you go to like asos it goes up to an 18 that's not representing A lot of the people that are in the UK is just crazy. Exactly. And, you know, it's 2023. Why are we still fighting for crumbs of
0: inclusivity? You know, whether it's on the disability front or on the size inclusivity front, you know, whatever it may be. Why are we still fighting for the bare minimum? It's just exhausting sometimes. But I mean, do you have hope that things will get
1: better? I say yes we've got to be hopeful haven't we because otherwise what else have we got but I mean it's lovely that I mean I work with quite a lot of brands um through my Instagram and you then hope that that spurs them on and they haven't just kind of ticked that box of art oh, featured a disabled person we're done um you then hope that they would then explore that and then really and I've had some really good feedback I know brands have come back to me and said wow we like this has gone down so well and it's almost like they're shocked like they didn't think it would go down and you're like don't you realize how important this is and how and the response was so good they were like oh god it's such great feedback and you're like it shouldn't be shocking it should just be it's because people never see people like me that's why it's shocking but it should just become an everyday thing that you just see someone in a wheelchair you see a disabled person whatever and that should just be the norm
0: Yeah I completely agree with you and I think one of the things that gets me is how having better diversity, better inclusivity, making things more accessible that makes it better for everyone like inclusivity means inclusive and that doesn't stop at a certain point it's inclusive to everyone so by making things more inclusive everyone gets to benefit you know it's not a case of you know, you get less because someone else gets more. And that's always the sticking point for me and where I get so frustrated. I think some people do genuinely have the belief that by making things more accessible to some people means that they will somehow get less. And that's not the case at all. It's it's about making it easy for everyone. It's about giving the same things to everybody. And that's it. That's all it is to it. And I do think that's that's something that brands need to think about, that by just making things more inclusive to a certain section of society doesn't mean that the people that are already catering are going to miss out. It just means everyone gets to be involved. And I do think that needs to come from within as well. I think the way that you solve some of the issues that we're having is by having more people sat at the table of diverse backgrounds, because they're the people that can tell you exactly what you should be doing in order to appeal to, to everyone in society these brands being surprised that your campaigns did well, which is a whole thing entirely, which is just like, wow, really? Okay. Uh, but then being surprised by that kind of just cut goes to show that they clearly don't have anyone on their team who is disabled. They don't have anyone there helping with these decisions because if they did, then they'd know that actually this is a really viable way of doing it and a viable campaign to run. So it, it always comes down to having inclusivity and diversity everywhere and that's how you start you start from within
1: Mm, definitely but like you say it's inclusivity includes right from within the brand and then all the media and everything else that comes with it as well because like you say they learn so much from other people that if you don't have them on your team you don't have that diversity within your team you're never you're never going to know what it would mean to somebody to create something that would benefit them no absolutely and you know I
0: think we've obviously covered some really big topics just there so I'd really like to end this on a bit more of a positive note and I'd love to know if you have any like tips or tricks or any advice into you know how to navigate your style especially when you're thinking about Uh, having a disability like maybe someone is newly disabled or even for someone who's been disabled for a long time and just doesn't feel like they know what they're doing or maybe they're feeling a little bit self-conscious about their disability and don't know how to explore their style in the best way that they can do
1: you have any sort of kind words to someone
0: who might need a bit of help
1: yeah I mean I think it's sometimes just to start small I know that sometimes just a little accessory, like a really colourful accessory or something, is just the perfect way to kind of start introducing yourself to colour and having that bit more fun with fashion. Um, and if you are, like, kind of hiding away and you're really unsure, just, yeah, just start small and just just be more playful with things. Like, life's too short. It's just, there's, there's no point in hiding away. Um, just embrace who you are, your body, and be just be proud of it because why not? Why can't we shout from the rooftops and say how awesome we are?
0: I absolutely love that. What an amazing note to end on. And I completely agree. You know, there's no point in hiding away at all. You don't get anything from it. You may as well just get out there and and live your life. So,
1: So thank you for that. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, Sophie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. And I hope that everyone else who's listening has really
1: enjoyed it as well. Um, If people wanted to find you, where can they go and look? You can find me on Instagram and TikTok. Just search Fashion Bell. It's got two E's on the end.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much again and hopefully speak to you soon. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Victims of Fashion. If you want to hear more about Snag, you can head on over to our website, snagtights.com, where you can also find our online mag, Victims of Fashion, or you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, which is at Snag Tights. Tune in again next week for even more fantastic discussion from amazing guests on hard-hitting topics that we need to talk about. It. This podcast was produced by Snag Tights and our podcast music was provided by the podcast host and you the podcast maker app. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.